Passionate, driven, enthusiastic, euphoric. This is who we are as entrepreneurs. But how we leverage these incredible attributes to dream and build businesses that scale and grow is what this podcast is all about. Hello, I'm attorneypreneur Josh Brown, and welcome to Franchise Euphoria. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Franchise Euphoria. I am thrilled to have Earl Dardick on the show today. Earl is best known for providing turnaround strategies to multi-unit restaurant operators and food manufacturers. For years, he's been helping his community members leverage their existing assets to drive new revenue channels. After owning and running a very successful retail, deli, and catering operation, Earl founded Monkey Media Software to provide web-based software, strategy, and education services to multi-unit restaurant operators. Specifically, Monkey Media helps restaurant operators grow sales and increase profits by educating them to become experts at feeding their customers where they live, work and play. They achieve these results through their Get Catering and Grow Sales system, a toolkit for catering strategy, education, and software. We will dive into this and much more during the interview. Hello, Earl, and welcome to the show. Oh, hey, Josh. Thanks for having me. Well, so before we dive into the specifics of your business, how did you come up with the name Monkey Media Software, and what is its significance? Well, in the early days when I had Tony's Deli and I was uh, essentially trying to solve for doing the best job that we could in our catering operation, Monkey Media was upstairs in our building. And at that time, it was doing web-based animation. And when it started to look at uh, my restaurant, and we started to essentially use a developer to solve for some of the business logic of executing catering out of a restaurant, <clears throat> Monkey Media stuck. And the name Monkey really comes from the early uh, people that were involved. One of the partners was uh, his nick. His brother's nickname was Monkey, and that was before Monkey Media became a software company. It was focused on web-based animation, um, and that's how that happened. Wait, so you so you essentially you bought the business and then turned it into a different business, but. <laughs> Yeah, well, my story really, uh, you know, the software venture, if you will, really uh, stems out of a uh, solving a real world business problem in a deli that I own called Tony's Deli. So we were really not focused on a software company, but rather focused on restaurant operations, specifically on how to get food out uh, to consumers where they live, work and play. And out of that necessity of trying to solve for that business, uh, we developed some very sophisticated technology that we started to take to market. So do you still own Tony's? I sold Tony's in 2004 because I had to make a decision. Uh, I had a greater calling in the restaurant industry, if you will, uh, which was to really immerse myself uh, into the software company because I felt that uh, my higher purpose was really to uh, make a difference in the restaurant industry. So what I really enjoyed doing was applying the business strategy of Tony's Deli to other restaurant companies. And we use our software uh, to help reinforce uh, uh, that organizational structure, if you will. Now, how did you get into Tony's? I mean, have you always been involved in the restaurant space or is this something that you came to first with Tony's Deli and then it's just kind of morphed since then? Yeah, well, I'm an, uh, an entrepreneur, so um, I guess Tony's was probably my seventh business, I think. 
So I got involved in the deli because actually I was a customer at the deli and I was in a different business. And I was transitioning out of that business and then started to do some consulting for the deli that was uh, really thriving at the time. And it had a whole bunch of different businesses. There was retail, there was wholesale, uh, there was all kinds of uh, you know revenue channels. And as I started to work on the business of Tony's Deli, uh, sure enough, uh, saw that there was an, a great opportunity to improve that business and uh, uh, became a shareholder and bought my way into that company and uh, and then started to work on the deli. That was back in 1997. Well, so, uh, you know, a segment of, of, of the audience, of the people listening, um, you know, is made up of people who are right now deciding sort of what their calling is, what kind of entrepreneurial venture they want to get into, whether they want to start something themselves, whether they want to get into franchising, perhaps multi-unit um, operations. And I guess I think something that would be kind of interesting to touch upon is, you know, you said that Tony's Deli was really your seventh business. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, can you take us back to where, when you started your entrepreneurial journey and the the various businesses that you've owned and sort of how you've how you've come to where you are at this very moment right well my uh i guess my my first business venture goes back to my late teens so this is not far from when i was out of high school and i had a friend of mine that was uh, essentially buying out leather bankruptcies uh, in montreal quebec and uh, he was basically buying container loads of, uh, in those days, leather was big, you know, leather ties, uh, leather <laughs> jackets, leather purses. <laughs> yeah. And so he would basically buy these containers and then ship me uh, these boxes uh, of, of goods, which I would then go to the flea markets and, and essentially uh, got tables and, and started to see if I could sell these leather goods at flea markets. And was and that was a successful venture for me at a very, very young age. Um, and then you know, through that, just uh, continued through my studies, and then I uh, always did some small businesses on the side. Another business I did was I, I had a, an, an advertising business, which was essentially called Advans way back. Uh, that was my only failed venture that didn't work for me on the way, and uh, a lot of lessons learned in that. I was in safety supplies, uh, leasing portable oxygen equipment. I was in the lighting business uh, for a while. So, uh, and then I, I, again, I got into the deli through just you know what I what I learned on the way was uh, sort of this intuitive process of fixing. I, I'd like to buy things and fix them was really sort of what this all all, all came to eventually. Um, so I found something with cash flow. You know, what what was the lighting business you were in? Uh, basic lighting for homes. I had a, a friend of mine who was uh, had a line of manufacturers that uh, we would go into the builders, develop relationships, and sell um, you know light fixtures into the houses on new construction. And here in British Columbia, construction has been a, a very uh, you know big thing for many many years. We continue to grow and thrive. It's a it's a you know very uh, you know, high growth uh, development area here in Vancouver. Well, no, it, the reason I asked is my first foray into franchising outside of you know being a a sandwich artist at Subway at the age of sixteen. <laughs> when, I, when I worked there was in the franchise lighting business. This was before I went to law school. After I graduated uh, college, I, I worked for a five year period, and I I helped a local lighting franchise grow their operations, and they were high end residential, but they too worked a lot with. Um, 
developers um, and and in the construction side. So I was just curious if if, if that was with a franchise writing no. experience. No, but my no that wasn't. But oxygen leasing business was a franchise. My father actually was the uh, uh, represented the British Columbia territory of what was seventy offices across North America. And uh, so there was a master franchisee in Montreal, um, and then of course there was the main franchisee down in the U.S. And uh, so I'm very intimate with uh, the dynamics inside franchise communities, uh, which I actually apply today because we work. You know, of course, we extend our services. Uh, we teach franchise systems how to do catering out of a restaurant uh, organization. So we're deep. We're deep in the franchise community. So I know you came up with that concept while you owned um, Tony's Deli, but was I mean, was there a moment? That- that it just kind of, you said, oh, this is what I need to do. This is what was, what led to that moment? Well, 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 I I think it was probably a series of moments, but essentially, uh, you know, I had spent probably the better part of five years uh, really improving Tony's Deli and building this catering operation and all the challenges that that had. Um, and then, of course, um, basically what happened was around the time of 9-11, if you remember, uh, the tech sector uh, got, you know, blew up. There was you know, a lot of spending stopped. Uh, we had a government change here in British Columbia. Um, 9-11 happened. Uh, so there was a lot of, you know, at that time was, was tenuous. And, and what I experienced in the beginning of 2002 which is typical as an entrepreneur, is I, my business declined. It had been growing for five, six, seven years in a row. It was doing very well. 2002 came along, it got difficult. And uh, in that process, uh, started to look for other ways. And it was just by happenstance that I met a man who was in the restaurant business who was uh, coming to look at my operations and saw my technology and said, wow, this is amazing. Hey, we could really use this. And, and another business was born. That's how that happened. It came out of uh, a lot of suffering if you will. Well, yeah, isn't that how a lot of them come yeah, up, right? For, for sure, absolutely. <laughs> you know, you're in a position where everything's going great, you're kind of coasting along, and then it's like, bam, okay, I got to re, I got to figure this out a little bit differently. Yeah, you're trying to find the market all the time, right? So, um, certainly, for you know, if you're if you really have the entrepreneurial bug or spirit that lays, you know, you're constantly looking for new and exciting things um, and trying to find markets, that's what you're doing. Well, it's clear to me you definitely have that entrepreneurial bug and and uh, you've been through that journey. Tell let, Let's break down your business um, right now, the 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 monkey business, uh, monkey media business. And I know it's got several parts to it. And yes. I'd love if you can maybe just in a broad way, <laughs> tell us a little bit more about it. And then we can go down each sector of it and break it down because I think it's a really interesting business. Yeah, well, thank you. Well, well, ultimately, Josh, what we do is uh, we really focus on a full system approach to uh, restaurants because the what I experienced at Tony's Deli was a very profitable operation, and it became that profitable uh, organism because catering was a huge piece of that puzzle as we figured out the business. We brought technology, we raised sales, and I learned on the way that really catering out of restaurants was fundamental to the business strategy. Uh, but in fact, and if you look at restaurants, if you look, there's one million restaurants in, in the United States, um, $700 billion worth of sales this year. Uh, you'll see that, that catering was an afterthought. It wasn't something that was, uh, you know, front and center. It was always, uh, it came out of the, the back end of their restaurants in a way that wasn't very planned or designed. 
Now the thing is, when you grow catering out of restaurants, you create a set of complexities that lay, which is basically layering incremental sales on top of existing restaurant assets. And if the asset has not been designed for the manufacturing and distribution of those products, it can become very challenging at some point when you get enough scale in the process. And so what we learned, it took us a long time to figure this out about ourselves, was that although we had software as a product and a service, because we're a software as a service-based product, where you can use the technology to take orders, to figure out all your manufacturing, where your deliveries are going, manage your payments, your accounts receivable, uh, that in fact, although the product did that, if you didn't have the business strategy, and your people did not understand what your business was, the, the, the technology would fail. It, in a sense, it would never get deployed. And so out of that came the necessity of, of, of really creating what we call the Catering Institute, which is really the development of people, uh, because what we're really doing is we're framing the conversation out in the marketplace, uh, which is to show them a methodology, if you will. We call it the five steps of restaurant catering, five pillars of restaurant catering, uh, which really is specific to um, uh, making sure that you have all the elements in place you need to succeed as a business. And then, of course, you come in with software behind it. So our services have grown into consulting, program development. We have a school called the Catering Institute where we do certification. We certify franchisees. We train their drivers, their salespeople. Uh, we have products now that we, um, educational products. We have uh, um, an e-learning uh, platform and ecosystem that our customers use for st setting standard. And then of course we have a full software division in our company uh, that brings the intellectual property of all those ideas into a control mechanism that our customers use to control their catering operations. And so, um, are, yeah, but are you approach, so are you approaching um, franchises that already have catering as a part of their business or in a lot of cases are you introducing catering to them and basically pointing out the numbers and saying, look, you guys are missing out on a big piece of the pie not only in, in actual hardline sales to the bottom line, but what a great opportunity to introduce your product to more people in the marketplace. 100%. Uh, but the answer is both. I mean, we're really having a conversation with the entire restaurant industry. So in that mix is uh, we get uh, franchisors that are coming to us and saying, hey, you know, we don't have a program. Uh, can you help us develop one from scratch? Uh, we have some franchisors that are, are saying, hey, you know, our franchisees are often doing this on our own. We really got to get a handle on it. We got to, you know, we have to bring more services to the franchisees so they can succeed which is part of our, our part of the model. We also have franchisees that are driving it. So we get a franchisees that are in our, in our communities that are driving their own uh, catering strategies. Because in some of the systems we work in, just within their own right, there's sizable businesses. So for example, we might work with a franchisee that has 14 stores of a brand or 100 stores of a brand. Um, but the brand itself might have, you know, a thousand stores, right? It's all, everybody's a bit different and uh, we approach each one differently. Well, so, and there's a big difference, I mean, right between the software side and obviously you do the catering and the educational peach, which I think is a brilliant idea, by the way. I mean, now you're Thank teaching you. people and essentially you're funneling them right into your, right into your software solution as well, which is a natural, which is a natural fit. But what, what do you do then? I mean, you mentioned that some of these franchisors come to you and say, Hey, develop the system for us. Well, that to me seems like something that's far different from the actual software, right? Because the software is sort of like, here's something that will help you measure it. Here's something that will provide you with that kind of support. But putting an entire plan together, is that something different? 
Yeah, we're, I mean, we're a consultancy. So on the Catering Institute, we call it the Catering Institute, we have uh, basically two buckets of services. We have a consulting division uh, where we go in and we help you build your business plan. Uh, we, we optimize the menus. Uh, we, we help you uh, even with your recruiting. We help you with your training of your, you know, we need to get a good leader in place. Uh, we help you with the packaging on your products. We do all of that. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, a good plan for rollout to the franchisees. Uh, so that's on the consultancy side. And then, of course, after consultancy, you know, one of the recommendations often is training. We need to have a training system uh, for best practices for the uh, franchisee community as well as their um, their people, and uh, you know we 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 we're sort of they use us as a standard, if you will, uh, to train those systems as far as people development are concerned. So, what led you to focusing or targeting the, the franchise model, specifically the multi-unit owner? I mean, why not single? Um, single independent operating restaurants was it just not something that was really viable for them you know it's a good question you know and i struggle with that a lot because i mean the 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 ideas are scalable whether you have one restaurant or whether you have multi-restaurants um there's just a question of economies of scale so what happens is the power inside a uh, a franchise system or a multi-unit restaurant environment is you can distribute cost across a greater number of assets. And so it's the same, it's similar effort whether you have one store or you have 30 stores. Uh, the concepts are the same and the effort's the same. So, uh, but saying that, there are independents that are starting certainly to take advantage of our, of our, our resources, our content, our educational materials are going into the single unit restaurant operators. Uh, it's just more on the technology side. Technology has not become cheap enough yet uh, for those single unit um, mom and pops. And you know, uh, over time it may, um, but there's it just hasn't. It's you know, it's just not there yet. But you, but you will work with somebody who comes to you and says, "Hey, look, we have the resources, right?" I mean, oh, ab- absolutely. Yeah, we have some. Yeah, absolutely. We. That's why it's hard to put it in a in a, in a can, uh, because for us, it's about the five pillars of restaurant catering. So if you come to us and you have leadership in place, you come to us and you're committed to centralized services. You have a sales team that's out canvassing uh, the catering uh, mission and language and products and, and prospecting. Uh, and then you have a world-class delivery program and your operations are in order. If you're the right characteristic of a client, then we absolutely consider it because we know that it's people that drive businesses and they're the ones that are successful with our tools. And we also learned that the sometimes the early guys or small guys are the ones that grow to be big guys. So uh, we, we go through an assessment process here to take the right projects. So take a minute, talk about the actual financial impact that these that that the catering aspect is having on not only not only operations for the for the franchisors, but also impacting the bottom line of the individual franchisees across the system. Yeah, well, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting conversation because uh, franchisees to succeed have to buy into the business strategy. So at their restaurant level, they in fact they, they, they have to they have to participate in the catering program uh, for it to be successful. So they have to really make sure that they focus on flawless execution at the store level, which is the fulfillment of orders and getting them on time and, and accurately and so on. Because we know that a catering customer. 
when you access them and you do a good job for them, they come back. And, and these are people that are spending you know, maybe ten dollars or $12,000 with the brand. So a franchisee has to, first of all, be very committed to the program. It's a lot of hard work for them. And we see a lot of franchisees who just frankly don't want to work that hard. So you get a lot of, you know, later in, the, in, their, in their franchisee lives, they've now, you know, they're at the end of their cycle. So the, the ambition and enthusiasm from the franchisee is massive uh, in the success factor of it. And essentially, the ones that commit to the procedures and, and do the daily tasks and, and take care of business, uh, we see some franchise systems that have, or restaurants rather, that can see upwards of one-third of their business, 33% of restaurant sales is catering. And so if you have a million-dollar operation, and now you imagine what 330000 looks like on top of that, uh, catering is an incredibly profitable venture uh, for these restaurants, okay? Um, so that, that's, you know, that's, you know, those are sort of the top items. You know, Tony's Deli was 50%, you know, but we were very focused on it, you know? Now, I mean, are there certain restaurants that are just better suited for catering? Yeah, you know, the, the certainly, you know, it's all about creating the right experience. And so um, it's really about menu design. Um, and here's the big, the big thing, the epiphany that always happens for me is that restaurants think that their catering experience has to be the same as their in-store experience. But in fact, we know if we create a differentiated program from in the restaurant, that's different from takeout and different from dine-in. In fact, we have buyers. So let me give an example. We have a casual dining brand, you know, burgers, ribs, salmon, broccoli, you know, all that. And they were trying to get catering going on these products. And of course, they had a very difficult time doing it. It wasn't until we pulled out and said, listen, we're going to create a simple salad uh, uh, salad bar program that you can deliver and a platter of sandwich program and beverages and desserts, a very simple program for catering focused at lunch on the corporate community uh, to make it easier on operations. So we created a subset of the experience for the boardroom table and sales soared. Sales started to go up very rapidly. Uh, so to answer your question, it's all about the restaurant operator that's willing to get out of the box to create a subset of their experience uh, on a different market. And you're tapping into a consumer that wants to spend more money with you. Now, do you also help then with the with the marketing afterwards that's going to be required to get the word out? Uh, you know, taking a taking a restaurant that maybe, it, 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 for instance, someone that had not done catering and now you're introducing catering to them. Is that part of what you provide? Yeah, we help. We help with all of that. We also have uh, we at the Catering Institute. We created a faculty, so we have other subject matter experts, like marketing experts, who uh, are on our faculty, and what they we bring them in to help our customers often. Um, so if a customer says, "Hey, we need help with our catering marketing," I often connect them with our faculty member, and then they are a marketing expert and and help them with their branding and messaging. Well, so within you know, I spent some time looking at your website, and I will say this for the for within the first two minutes of of spending time on your website. Uh, it is obvious that you guys work hard and you play hard. You like to have a good time. Um, I can tell you're passionate about what you guys do and your people are having fun. I mean, how important is it for you as you started this company and all the companies you've worked with? How important is company culture to what you're doing um, in your business and also with the franchises that you're working with? 
Yeah, I, this is a great question. I, I, I believe you know the differentiator out in the marketplace in any venture of what makes companies great um, is the ones that have a sense of purpose. So um, if you have a very clear sense of who you are and what your purpose is, uh, that creates an incredibly deep belief system. And if you have that belief system, that's really what brings you through. Uh, because business is is very difficult, you know, it's very hard to grow a business. It's very hard to keep people engaged. Uh, so, you know, I'm a big believer in culture, and we spend a lot of time here, uh, not only talking about it, but um, uh, trying to identify it, trying to capture it, trying to teach it, uh, you know, and so on. And and of course, on the other side of that is, you know, and I, I, this is an interesting question because. We usually find often our best projects that we take as a company in terms of the partnerships of our customers are other companies that have aligned cultures. So they have very strong culture um, and there's usually a, a connection in terms of, you know, philosophy and, uh, you know, not so much political stuff, but, but you know, certainly, you know, philosophically how we, how we look at our people, how we look at our team and, and, and what's important to us as people. So you're doing a lot of educating of the marketplace right now, right? Because I don't, I mean, is there anybody else that's really as focused on this as you guys are in the marketplace? Yeah. Uh, no, you know, it's kind of, I've been, um, the answer to your first question is yes, we're doing a lot of educating. It's always been that way. And uh, we're, we're actually trying to do more of that. Uh, and, you know, we have been sort of standing in this zone or this space for you know, many years, as you know, uh, probably because we know it to be true to us. In other words, we, you know, we had the experience at Tony's Deli. We know what the bottom line looked like. We, we know the cash flow this business brought uh, to the deli. And so we're out there, uh, you know, speaking about this. And for many, many years, probably, well, 10 anyways, nobody was really listening, you know. That's the truth, you know. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, that's the thing. Is that has that been a challenge for you, or or maybe it was at the outset, but not so much. I mean, how much time are you spending now trying to get in and get sort of the ear of these multi-unit operators versus them finding you? Well, you know, we've got a good mix now. The the nice news is, you know, we have enough uh, experience behind us and customers and data that, um, you know, we do get a flow of regular inquiry coming in. But we're still doing an incredible amount of work prospecting. Uh, out there because, you know, we want to grow and we, we need more business as well. And, you know, there's there's one million restaurants in the United States. I mean, I, you know, we, we, we can't possibly get to everybody. It's not possible. So there's a lot of people that have not heard about us. And, uh, you know, we'd like to have a conversation with them. Well, there's one thing that's for sure about the United States. We like to eat. Yes, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> and, 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 you know, there's the, the food concepts are just, it, it's amazing to me. I mean, the, the number, you know, it's always growing. It's always a growing sector but every single thing i mean you, you've just seen a huge expansion into different kinds of um uh food operations which obviously has got to be exciting for for you guys yes well well you know we're seeing a big convergence so what's happening in the restaurant industry specifically uh, it, well I, in the consumers you know with all the millennials coming up and you know, everybody wants healthier everybody wants more convenience and as you'll you'll see as the grocery segment starts to come in for that restaurant dollar you're seeing the uh, drug stores you know that are coming in you know the, sure. you know target Walt, they're all coming into the space 
and uh, you know convenience stores um, and so if you start looking at the reasons why that's happening is because we have a very savvy consumer today um, you know uh, re- you know materials are available to us at a rate that's easier than ever before in the history of uh, uh, of the world and uh, technology is actually what's enabling all of it because uh, consumers, you know, can create are creating demand, um, and and so uh, essentially, they're getting busier and busier, and they just want to eat more, you know, out out, and and, and they want it brought to them, and they want it brought to them now, you know. So well, a it's, a, it's a society of convenience, right? And and that's 100%. really what you're offering. I mean, that that's a huge part of it, right? I mean, now now we've got so many two income families. People are busier than ever. I mean, it's 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 kind of the irony of the whole thing is that we have technology and we have uh, software and things that that in theory now make things as easy as they've ever been, but yet we're all busier than we've ever been. You know? Oh yeah, and there's, oh, yeah. there's never enough time um, in the day. Before I let you go, I've got to ask you this question: Who's that kid in your video on your website under the "Let's Talk Catering" tab? I love that video. I, I yeah. just think it's brilliant. <laughs> You know, he's a great kid. It's a, we have a, a video uh, group here, and uh, I don't know. You know, he, I don't actually even know his name. I probably should. But, <laughs> you got to know his uh, name. Huh? I, I actually don't. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go find out, though, right after this call because I should be able to answer that question. But um, unfortunately, I don't know his name or I was told and I forgot. Uh, but he's just this great kid that that was you know came in and, and, and played the part and, and you know he's really you know speaking language from my book that I wrote and and uh, which is called get catering and grow sales and and that's that's you know where he got this the, the, the subject matter from well that's fantastic yeah it's a great video and, and, and for anybody who wants to check it out please please go do it it's really uh, it's, I think it's brilliant marketing and you know, thank you, Earl, for, for spending a few minutes uh, with me today. And I think your business is doing great things. I really, really love the concept. And uh, I've got some people in mind right now that I'm, I'm going to tell about your concept. But tell people tell people before we go how they can get a hold of you, what's the best way to reach you, and if they want to find out some more information. Yeah, sure. They can always go to our website, uh, which is uh, www.monkeymediasoftware.com. Uh, and my name is spelled Earl, E-R-L-E, at Monkey Media software.com and anybody has any questions just send me a note well thanks again and we look forward to following your continued success thank you very much for having me on the show absolutely okay thanks for being with us today on the franchise euphoria podcast if you enjoyed this episode please be sure to go to itunes and provide a review Also, please remember that although Josh Brown is a licensed and practicing attorney, nothing contained in this podcast should be construed as legal advice, because it is not. The information contained in this podcast is general and educational in nature, and none of it should be relied upon as legal advice. That being said, if you have questions for Josh and would like to contact him, please email him at josh at franchiseuphoria.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you tune in to our next weekly episode.